It is a technological world. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of The Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. Blaine Kylo is here, and he is our guy to uh, to uh, chat about all things gaming, gadgets, and so much more. And um, and we got to make sure this connection is working okay. Blainer, how are you? Good. I played the saxophone. Did you? Which one? Time. Was it the tenor, like Ryan did? It, it, it was the tenor saxophone, yeah. And I, I kind of played it. You ever watch Magnum, like the Tom Selleck Magnum mm-hmm. PI from way back? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I played the saxophone. With a mustache? Yeah. Well, I didn't have the mustache at the time, but the squeaky ah, tenor very good. sax. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Talia is going to play the flute, and uh, we're, we're going to go from there. So I also played I played all, I played alto, tenor, and baritone sax. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, That's they're all the same. They're just bigger, right, really. Fundamentally, so it's not really that impressive. But still, anyway, uh, here we are. Uh, speaking of incredibly uh, popular things that uh, make us have lots of friends, gaming. Where are we going today? Well, uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. We talked about that last week. Uh, sold more than four million copies wow. in North America in its first three days. More than ten million units worldwide in its first three days. And uh, that's pretty good success for the Zelda and for the Nintendo group, which is pretty awesome. Um, other news from last week, uh, we talked about Bungie's new game, Marathon, which is kind of a remake of an old game. But Bungie also let us know that uh, Canadian actor Edmontonian Nathan Fillion is returning to play Cade Six, which is a character from Bungie's Destiny universe for the upcoming expansion of Destiny 2, The Final Shape. We're going to get more info on that on August 22nd, but Fillion, a really beloved character, and uh, that character was kind of killed off a couple of um, expansions ago, and everybody kind of thought that Nathan might be coming back because he's been a part of Bungie games almost since the beginning of Bungie. He's made appearances in Halo and then was a big part of Destiny. So kind of nice to have him coming back to Destiny 2. I don't have context on the Zelda numbers. Are those standard for very good release numbers, those millions, or is that a lot? Or what's what's some context to help us understand? Yeah, it's kind of a lot if you think that uh, the game costs $80 Canadian. If you get the standard release and you do that math, $80 by 10 million units is like $800 million. That's pretty good, right? Decent week, I would say, yeah. And it's, you know, uh, arguably what a pretty popular film is bringing in. Nintendo's having a good year because I think that Mario movie, (laughs) I think it's like $2 billion worldwide right now. So, yeah, they're earning pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we ask Ryan to do his Mario because we have to. It's just like it's ritual. Oh, you want the Mario. Oh, let's go. Very nice. Okay, See, there we go. Doesn't that, make you, uh, doesn't that make you feel good to hear that? I like that. Um, okay, so now there, there's some new things coming up. Uh, they do starting these showcases. It's kind of like these keynotes. There's all sorts of different trade fairs and all these things that these different industries do. What are we looking at here with PlayStation? Yeah, well, the news about um, the Destiny stuff all came out of PlayStation Showcase last week. So this is, you know, Sony PlayStation's opportunity to talk directly to fans and tell them what's coming out. So we learned about Marathon, the game from Bungie, but it wasn't the only thing that PlayStation had for us last week. Didn't have time to talk about everything, but we're talking about it now. 
Project Q is a new portable system that Sony's planning on bringing out this year. It's kind of like if you took a PlayStation 5 controller and broke it in half and smushed an 8-inch cell phone screen in between it. And that's kind of what Project Q looks like. The whole idea here is you can stream games from your PlayStation 5 console over a Wi-Fi connection anywhere that you've got a Wi-Fi connection. So it's a handheld that gives you access to your entire PS5 library. So that's pretty cool. They've also got wireless earbuds that are coming out about the same time as the handheld. And so a couple of new accessories for the Sony PlayStation brand. No pricing for either of those things, but Sony did say that they were coming this year. So probably expect to see them in and around the holiday we saw more than 10 minutes of gameplay from Marvel's Spider-Man 2, which is the new game coming from Insomniac. It's the third Spider-Man game from Insomniac Games. We get the villain Kraven in this game. The symbiote Venom that becomes a part of Spider-Man is in this game. And we get to play not only as Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but we also get to play Miles Morales' Spider-Man. We get to play both Spider-Man in this new one. And the other thing that was announced in this showcase was Haven Studios is the new studio that's been uh, formed and is being operated by Jade Raymond, who has been around the video game industry for a long time, based in Montreal. We know that Haven Studios is working on a game called Fair Games, which is like a competitive team experience. And it's kind of like Robin Hood and his Merry Thieves against another Robin Hood and her Merry Thieves. The whole point is you've got multiple teams going into these areas trying to pull off extravagant heists against the wealthy elite so that you can have that money to give back to the little people. And it's which team can do the most crazy things and then be able to get out of the extraction. Um, so not a whole lot more known, but a really nice trailer that Haven had to show off that really gives a sense of the attitude that they're going for. That's uh, kind of fun. That's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting sort of uh, notion about that taking Robin Hood to the next level, right? Um, and being able to do that. I'm thinking of what was the movie? I always forget it. They're from the different quadrants, and they had to fight for the life inside the dome. I always forget the name of it. It had what's her name in it? The Hunger Games. Hunger Games. So I, I imagine when you talk about it like that, that it would be like Hunger Games. In real life, where like these people, they could have these Robin Hood battles, and then all of a sudden, coins would fall from the sky in your neighborhood if they win. See, that'd be fun. Well, it's it's it, it is a really interesting because the mechanics are going to be the same as any other shooter, but because you're kind of putting a different theme on it, you've got a different attitude about it. It makes the game feel completely different. I'll be quite curious to see what Haven's done with Fair Games. F1 is amazing to watch. I've Ryan turned me on to it. I watched the Netflix show. I watched the races now. I think the qualities are the best parts, actually, because the races are just so dominated by some cars. Video game racers uh, have a chance to actually go for real life, and, and I hope they give them some free sunscreen for those pale video game skin that they take with them. Yeah, this is an interesting initiative. It's sponsored by Heineken, and it is all tied in with the Grand Prix hitting Montreal later in June. Um, and it's true that the F1 racers, they actually use the F1 video game from EA Sports in simulation racers to train. The court or the, the tracks are so accurately reproduced 
and the simulation experience, especially when you're in one of those cart with the the pedals and the yeah, they steering probably have wheels. a better steering wheel and a way better chair than we you and I do though <laughs> yeah abs- absolutely and so but but they're so close to simulating the real experience that it actually works in some ways as being a training ex- exercise so Canadian F1 22 racers anybody's playing EA sports you can play on whatever console or whatever system you've got you re- record your fastest lap time, take a picture of that, and post it to the um, Heineken website. And the five fastest lap times in Canada are going to be flown out to Montreal, and there's going to be a, a trackside competition. And the person who wins that trackside competition in Montreal at um, Circuit Gilles Villeneuve is going to get a chance to compete against. Uh, Max Verstappen in a simulated race. So you've got until June 7th to get your entry in. Winners of this contest will be announced on June 8th. So if you're into F1 racing, you think you've got a good lap time, uh, get that submitted and you get a chance to go to Montreal. Or if you're an F1 fan, hurry up, buy the video game, start practicing. You never know. Uh, how do young people think about this digital world? We hear about it from Ryan sometimes in the Millennial on the radio, but there's been some new research to kind of take a big snapshot about this little digital world and where young folks are living. What do you got? Yeah, I thought that this was really interesting. Media Smarts is a Canadian nonprofit established to understand and to train the critical thinking necessary for people of all ages to become active and informed digital citizens is how they frame it. And they do a lot of work with young people in particular, not only providing training in how to sort of have that critical, necessary critical thinking, but also to understand what's going on. Two reports that they've recently come out with that give us a sense of what Canadian youth feel about what's going on. One called uh, Digital Media Literacy and Digital Citizenship surveyed over a 1,000 grade school kids from across Canada and found out that they're actually pretty savvy about how they get information online. They're learning how to triangulate that information to make sure that what they're getting is reliable. And these kids also think that online platforms should, and I'm quoting here, supervise what people post and comment and that platforms should remove bad content. That's 83% of kids. So they have a sense that there are bad actors and bad things going on in these spaces that they're in, and they think that the platform should have a responsibility about what's going on there, which is a really interesting frame. The other report that Media Smarts has come out with was more focus groups with uh, kids a little older, 16 to 29. And it was looking closely at the amount of misleading or false information that they're encountering online. So really trying to get at this fake news stuff. And what they found is that young people are using different techniques to verify information. So they have a sense of how they can find out whether information is correct or not. They are ignoring outright things that they know to be false. But this group of uh, young people also believe that online platforms should have a responsibility for moderating content because there's this recognition that fake news and misleading information is a detriment to everybody and that it should be removed from these spaces. It's a fascinating look. Maybe the young people got it figured out after all. BlaineKyloSoloCore.com. Thank you, Blainer. Of course. We'll see you next week.